0: This is episode 17, a solo episode with me, Tiffany Hinton, and we're talking about biodynamic gardening and moon moon cycle gardening today on Cultivating Guts. Hello, it's Tiffany, and welcome back to Cultivating Gots, a podcast where we discuss gardening, homesteading, gut health, and following our intuition. I am so excited to be back with you guys. I've had so many fun moments this past week, insights and ideas about really important topics uh, that I'm wanting to share with you on the podcast, and today I'm actually uh, just recording an audio. I'm sitting here in a house coat and a ponytail, and it's just It's spring break as I record this and it was a day to sleep in. Yesterday was, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 hours outside and my body just wanted to sleep and it was so relaxing. So no video this week on YouTube, but lots of important things we talk about today on the podcast are from biodynamic gardening. What is the differences between biodynamic gardening, organic gardening, moon cycle gardening? How do you do all three? We lay out the moon gardening calendar for the month of April. So make sure you've got your ultimate green witch gardening planner with you to map out your month of April while you're listening to the podcast. Uh, If you need to pick up one of those planners, um, our brand new planner is out at www.cultivatingguts.com. And we have some really cool discussions around gardening and I walk through one of my new favorite books called Moon Gardening by Matt Jackson that I picked up at Barnes & Noble and just a lot of fun. So before we get started, I want to make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review the Cultivating Guts podcast. Send me a screenshot of your review to Tiffany at gfmomcertified.com and we will send you our free four day hacking your health gut detox plan. Also, if you're listening, screenshot your favorite part and share it with us on Instagram at gfmomcertified. I would love to repost it and I'm super excited to hear what you thought of today's episode. I'm so grateful to you and all of our amazing listeners for helping us grow the podcast and share it with more people. And before we head into the show, Here's a quick word from our sponsor. All right, I'm super excited today. Our sponsor is Cultivating Guts, and we are talking about our brand new live workshop coming up April 30th, Chicagoland, where we are going to be getting together to talk all things gardening. We're gonna talk about moon cycle gardening, how to build a raised bed, making it easy and cost-effective for you. Yes, we know the price of lumber is skyrocketing, But you could actually build a raised bed with three pieces of lumber, just three, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Anybody can do this. Super easy. We're going to talk about mapping out our gardens. What do we want to grow? Friends and foes, things to plant together, things not to plant together. How much space do you really need to garden? Can you garden in a four by six or do you really need 20 feet? Uh, There is so much and our live workshop is going to be held in my own potager, my own backyard garden, and you'll get a chance to tour and explore that. We will build some raised beds on site during the workshop and have so much more fun. You can purchase tickets now at www.cultivatingguts.com. And again, that is on April 30th of 2022. And with that, guys, we're going to head right into the show. Hello and welcome back to Cultivating Guts. We're talking about biodynamic gardening, using moon cycles, and just kind of going a little bit further than organic for your urban or suburban garden area, whether you're doing a small space, a medium space, or a large garden. That is what we're diving into today, and so I find this very, very interesting as I you know, your, your intuition, right? The intuition side of your body leads you to to pick up something or to try a new food. Or if you kind of, for myself, even if I'm walking and I'm just out in nature and I close my eyes for a minute, I just kind of know which way to walk, right? And a lot of times if I do that, the the walk will lead me to feathers, bird feathers, which I love to collect. That's for another episode. And So a few weeks ago, I had the girls out with a friend of mine, and we were doing a shopping trip. We were picking up some clothes that would keep the girls good till summer, and then they could get, you know, summer clothes out of the closet. And we stopped at Barnes & Noble because they actually needed to pick up a gift for, they were having a book exchange, like a secret book exchange for Valentine's Day at school. And so we're in Barnes & Noble. One of the girls is hangry. Another one is exhausted. Another one is just super excited to go look at books. And they're like all in these different, you know, emotional states and different like characteristics are showing up. And it's like, all right, this is going to have to be a fast trip in and out of the bookstore and just be done. And as we were walking by like the priced, the markdown books in the front of Barnes and Noble, I saw a book and the cover said moon gardening. And it was a favorite blues, right? Like teal and dark blue. And it had the, the phases of the moon on it and a little plant. And I just grabbed it. I didn't even look inside of it. I just like intuition said, pick up this book. And I got home. And later that week I started to read the book. And then I actually took the book with me on our staycation that me and Will had for our anniversary and read the whole book. And I was like, oh my gosh, this was like a little God wink is what my grandmother would call it, right? Or the universe just putting something there that it knew that would benefit me. And once I opened up the book, I realized as I was reading it that the book had actually been written several years ago, uh, originally in 2015. So seven years ago, under a different name with a different cover. And in 20 and 2020, the publishing house decided to produce a new cover that was trendy give the book a new title and republish. And and so it's interesting how we have evolved ourselves to be more interested in moon cycle gardening, in biodynamic gardening. And there's a lot more to gardening than just organic, right? I think 10, 15 years ago, organic was the trend. It was like, let's go back to organic. Let's get rid of the Roundup. Let's get rid of the extra chemicals, the herbicides, the pesticides, and let's let's get back to nature. But then in those 15 years, we realized how jacked up the soil is, how much of that chemical stuff is just retained in our soil. And our soil a lot of times is so stripped that it can't even provide the minerals and the the things that the plants need to grow strong, hardy plants that would produce a lot of nutrients for us. And so I'm sure many of you that are listening to my podcast know like, tomatoes that were grown 100 years ago were a lot more nutritious than tomatoes that are grown currently right and and so that's nothing new like science has proven that but what is fun and what I'm exploring and we're going to talk about today on the podcast is I'm going to do a little biodynamic gardening this year and that means what is biodynamic gardening at the lowest sense and then we'll break it down into a little bit more details but biodynamic gardening is where you're actually adding amendments to the soil. You're adding, it's almost like cooking, right? You're adding seasonings and spices and you're making tea with certain nutrients that have certain correspondence or spirit families from plants and nutrients. And you're pouring those teas into the dirt of the garden or into the compost. You're producing your own compost, which is part of Bionodynamic Gardening. And I'll talk about that here shortly and how we're going to start composting. And we're continuing to add amendments to the soil. And at the same time, we're also planting things like potatoes and carrots and root vegetables to start to pull some of that stuff out of the soil that we no longer want in there, because those are things that'll pull out extra nitrogen or they'll pull out different, you know, extra things in soil. Um, And so I'm super excited this year to try this biodynamic gardening for many, many reasons. So we've had our garden here on our property we are now for about eight years and every year it's expanded and it's expanded and it's expanded. It's not going to double in size this year. If I did, I think that'd be like half of our property. So we're not doubling this year, but we are still expanding with the greenhouse. We're expanding the herb garden and we're adding the chickens, right? So actually it's probably another 60,000, 60 square feet or more. But anyway, um, but we are also expanding into the biodynamic gardening space. So this means that I'm not tilling the soil this year. There is no tilling involved because tilling disrupts the soil. It disrupts, you know, the micronutrients. It disrupts the worms. It disrupts anything that maybe foliage-wise is starting to compost down because I add juice, guts, like compostable stuff throughout the winter into the garden. So and it causes erosion, which makes sense because for every year, I've always bought additional garden soil or topsoil or perlite or light or mushroom compost, and I've always added bags of this stuff to each raised bed to get the soil level up higher. This year, we're not adding the light. We're not adding the perlite because, not pediolite, guys, sorry, perlite. Um, we're not adding those. Because my garden beds are well-drained. They have had that stuff mixed in with our clay soil, with additional topsoil, with additional compost for eight years. So I feel like the garden beds themselves have a really great moisture retention and drainage composition. And the soil where we grow is no longer clay because it's had eight years of just mixing it and kind of breaking it down. So this year, I'm super excited to do this no dig, no-till, right? Don't get a rototiller out uh, method and test it in our garden. We're also testing this with the expansion of the Hecates garden. I'm not going to rip out the grass. I'm not going to go along and like top, move it, remove all the grass with a hoe. I actually have large cardboard boxes right now across part of my backyard where we're expanding that. And there are things holding those down because the boxes will damp out the light the cardboard, the cardboard will break down over time into things that are nutritious for the soil. The worms will eat them over, you know, the next two to three years. And so now we're going to add stuff on top of the boxes. And then for things like the elderberry bush that I need to move, I will cut a hole in the cardboard box and just um, like, because the boxes are open, they're laying flat. So I'll cut a hole And then I'll just dig straight down and put that elderberry bush there. And then for other stuff, it's gonna, we're gonna build on top of the cardboard. And so we're gonna talk about how to do that. So this might actually be a little bit longer podcast. I thought it'd be short, but it might be longer. Let's see what happens. Okay, so let's break down. First of all, let me tell you whose book I was talking about in case you wanna pick it up. It is by Matt Jackson, and the new title is called Moon Gardening. Now, Matt Jackson, the author of this book, is a gardener for the Queen in London. And he uh, maintains, he's kind of a master gardener over there. He maintains a couple of different castles. And one of those is, I think actually maybe two of them, if I go back and I think about when I read this, are fully biodynamic. Like the grounds of the whole castle are done this way. And then there's another biodynamic farm outside of Sussex that is also like produces tons of edibles and produce and stuff. So, Super cool to see that like it's being embraced globally, right? And it's making its way to the US. And it's for me, it's back to nature. It's back to kind of how we were gardening hundreds of years ago. Uh, it's really cool. So organic gardening, biodynamic gardening, and moon gardening are all unique, but they share pieces, okay? So if you're doing organic gardening, organic gardening has its roots in low-impact horticulture, agriculture, using and working with nature. It calls for environmental-friendly approaches. You might still use a rototeller. You might still hoe your ground. You'll dig. You might remove grass. You may add um, certain organic fertilizers and herbicides, right? Um, Organic demonstrates the importance of encouraging soil organisms to maintain healthy and fertile soil. So you might order butterflies, or you might order ladybugs and let those loose in your garden, or you might buy worms at... um, a store and put those in your garden. Uh, it uses organic matter such as garden compost and manure, right? And mushroom compost and chicken manure and things like that to bring health back to the soil. So I've been organic gardening f- since I've been gardening. Like I don't spray chemicals around our yard. Or really, I haven't sprayed Roundup. Oh my gosh. 20 something years probably since my very first property. That's four or five houses ago. Anyway, long, long time. All right. Organic gardening advocates for good husbandry of your land, providing the plants early with the right amount of conditions to grow. So good water, good sunlight, right? That kind of stuff. You may add eggshells. Okay. Now, so that's organic gardening. And I think most of us are really, really familiar with organic gardening. When you move into biodynamic gardening, biodynamic gardening adheres stringently to organic principles as a starting point for successful horticulture. So you're already doing all the organic stuff, and then we're going to build on top of them for biodynamic gardening. So like moon gardening, which we'll talk about next, most of the biodynamic, biodynamic gardeners follow the astrology timing to perform their key task. Right, and so if you were on the podcast with me and Heather Cordman, or you were on the last week's podcast, or any of the others where I've been talking about moon gardening, it means that between the new moon and the full moon, we're planting, planting, planting. Between the full moon, when the moon is wanning, decreasing its size, and the new moon, we are not putting things in the ground. We are weeding, we are tending the garden, we are adding soil amendments, we are creating new spaces, we are, you know, we're doing other things. Um, So we'll, we'll talk about that. I actually got out my moon uh, gardening wheel from the Farmer's Almanac. So we'll go through what April looks like, knowing that this podcast is going to come out today as I'm recording it again on the same day it's released. So it'll come out today on March 22nd. So we'll go through april's moon calendar and you can make notes and get a piece of paper as we're doing this so you can actually fill in your ultimate green witch gardening planner for the moon cycles for april if you want to pull that out as well as you're listening so biodynamic gardening okay so it works with the moon cycles it acknowledges the vital importance of good soil and good compost so you're making your own compost for the most part it recommends gardening with biodynamic grown seeds and plants so you might look for a garden center that's selling biodynamic seeds or biodynamically grown plants not just organic plants but you might look for something additional to that or heirloom seeds right or your se- saving seeds which i have saved seeds from last summer to replant i already have asters and some other clidenia when yesterday when i was clearing the beds out that's up the yarrow's green uh catments up uh it's it's fun to see like and now I can propagate and I can move some of these around or I can leave them where they are at. Uh, biodynamic gardening teaches us the need to feed and heal the soil which is where the teas and the tonics come in place and the stains. these biodynamic preparations and treatments provide the soil and plants with vital trace elements regard it regards the soil as a single living organism that should be Sustained as a living whole, so Mother Earth is a living organism. We know this, right? Uh, and then biodynamic gardening promotes a spiritual connection and interaction with man, nature, and the universe. So that brings in that whole like creating a prayer space in your garden, creating a sacred area or a space to you know to leave notes to to God and bury your intentions. Or use our magic seed paper from our Etsy shop and write your intentions on them and plant them. Uh, right after the new moon. Okay. Biodynamic gardening practitioners demonstrate mindfulness along with holistic approaches to gardening. And so this is where the whole homestead farmstead comes into place for cultivating guts. This is where the chickens come into place. This is where we're using eggshells to create calcium in our soil. This is where I'm going to be building the composter, which I'll explain how we're doing that. This is where it's all coming together. All right, so moon cycle gardening really quickly because I feel like we've covered this on a few different podcast episodes. You're recognizing the influence of the moon on the growth. You're realizing that the magnetic pull of the moon is shifting between the full moon and the new moon, and certain magnetic poles are better for rooting things down and pulling them into the earth, and certain magnetic poles are better for pulling them out like weeding things you want those to come out easily especially if you're trying to get rid of things that have deep roots. Uh moon gardening acknowledges the effects of the sun, the planets and the stars on all the living things. It affects their water intake, it affects it affects a lot because of the magnetic pole shifts. Along with like the amount of moonlight they get or the amount of sunlight shifts too with the astrology and the the way that the planets align. And then moon gardening follows the phases of the moon to decide when to plant, when to weed, when to sow, when to prune, when to graft, when to harvest, right? We just And that's what I'll go through. So if you're doing moon planning, it's best to plan a month at a time or plan three to six months out for moon gardening, which is why our Ultimate Greenwich Planner, if you haven't picked it up, you want to grab that from cultivatingguts.com because it has six months in there. So you could... Get the PDF one if you want and then print it every six months. Okay. Now we're going to move on to more biodynamic gardening. And what is this? So it is the no-dig approach. And you're like, oh my gosh, why can't I dig? I've always dug. My grandpa had a rototiller and it was gas-powered and it was, you know, (laughs) these are my stories. It weighed more than I did and it took me across the yard and into the fence and then I got in trouble and yelled at. Anyway, long, funny whole... Gardening stories, but you're using no dig because you're consciously leaving a layer of the soil alone because you want the structure and the balance of the soil. And you want that to kind of have a little bit of the old leaves in there, and you want it to have some of that decomposing foliage, and you want it to have lots of nice worms. And when you leave it alone like that, it's better too for your perennials to come back up. It's better for things that are biannual because they have need to come up again and they flower a lot of times the second season or they produce seeds the second season. If you have annuals that reseed themselves like dill, asters, um, what else reseeds itself? Pretty easy. Arugula, leeks, uh, not leeks, sorry, not leeks. Um, Why can't I think of what I'm thinking about? Fennel is what I was thinking about when I said leeks. Fennel, it reseeds itself pretty easily. Also, your strawberries, right? Your strawberries produce new little runners, and you don't want to necessarily till all that up. So those are really cool things. And the the other reason for the no-till is it holds all that moisture in that nutrient-rich layer of the soil. So you're able to hold more water and more moisture in your soil. And it creates more sustainability and durability for different climate conditions and the shifts that the the planet has, right? Whether we're going into additional heat or we have, you know, like early frost, things like that. It, it creates better for that. So we're not going to till up this year in my own garden, which is strange that I'm not going to be out there with the little claw and like twisting the soil. What we're going to be doing is called the Heal the Soil approach. And so I, this year, I'm just building my compost bins, totally honest. So I don't have my own compost yet other than the stuff I've added during the winter. And I've got, yesterday we put some ash in some of the beds. I've got to dig out a little bit more um, ash from the bottom of my fireplace in the house. And so we're going to put ash in all the beds as an amendment. I bought compost, organic compost that we're going to use because this year I am just now building my compost beds. Uh, We're adding eggshells. So we're going to crack down all the eggshells and crush them, and then we're going to add eggshells. And then the other thing I'm adding this year as an amendment, because last year I had really, really bad grubs, and I don't want them necessarily to eat the seedlings. I am adding worm casings, and I am adding ground-up fossils right? So that's the dimaceous earth. So I'm going to add dimaceous earth, and then I'm going to start to add layers over that to plant the seeds and hope that the layer of dimaceous earth will help decrease the grubs eating my seedlings this year. So that's how I'm doing my Heal the Soil this year and kind of those layers. When we're doing the Heal the Soil method, it's based off of teachings by Rudolf Steiner, who actually was trying to heal the soil in uh, war-torn post-World Wars uh, so that they could start farming again after all of the bombings and the different things and the chemicals and stuff. So um, Rudolf Steiner, you can look him up. He came up with these methods to make these tinctures that you pour on at certain times to heal the soil. And so if you're doing the heal the soil method, some great add-ins are well-made compost, So you can make your compost at home. Like I said, this year I bought compost, organic compost. Some well-rotted animal manure. They prefer cow manure in what they're teaching. I'm going to be using chicken manure starting next year when our chickens are producing lots of manure, which I know is a hot manure, so it's going to take a little bit longer and it has to sit in the composter longer. You'll want a hoe or you want a good pair of gloves because you are still going to want to pull weeds, right? You're going to want to, you know, get those extra weeds out of your garden. And if you live where I live, you don't want the trumpet vine or the other stuff that looks like morning glory but is not morning glory to choke everything out. It's actually called chokeweed. So I pull all the chokeweed out of my garden beds. And then you're going to want a way to collect rainwater, whether it's a five-gallon bucket or uh, some other sort of collection bin. We just ordered a brand new, like, rain barrel like what is the word for that? Rain barrel. And it's raining again today. This is the second rain my rain barrel has had. Um, I just ordered a rain barrel from Home Depot, had it delivered to the house. And that's one of the things we're going to be collecting uh, water in is the rain barrel. It's got a hookup for a water hose on the rain barrel. And then we can use that water in preparation for our biodynamic teas, tinctures, and also if we need to add water to anything in the greenhouse. And I got a 55-gallon rain barrel. So once it fills up, there ain't no moving it. <laughs> That's for sure. It's going to be where it is for a while. So the next part of the biodynamic gardening, right, we talked about kind of setting up the soils there, is looking at the moon calendar. I'm going to come back to that, okay? We're going to come back to the moon calendar. I'm going to flip forward a little bit. Because I want to talk about the composter before we talk about the moon calendar. In the book, they have an example of the actual composter I'm going to build. And they're using pallets, which I love because when I'm ordering from Home Depot and other places and they're bringing me 40 bags of organic compost or they're bringing me the mulch that we have for the front of the house um, or like we've saved pallets from last year as well. So I have the pallets. Um, I feel like I even picked one up from like a neighbor that had it out for like the trash man. So the way we're going to build the composter, where's that picture? No, I can't find it. Hold on a second. That's preparing the soil. Okay. The way we're going to build the composter is we're going to actually put, uh, build a square box with the pallets. So we're stand them up, and we're gonna build one square pallet box. Line that with a little bit of chicken wire, which I'm buying chicken wire anyway to put all the way around the potager, so that the chickens can go in and eat grubs, and they can eat squash bugs, and they can forage on weeds during the summer in the the potager. Um, and then you add kind of like Lincoln logs, right? Then you add three more comp or three more pallets off to the side, so you end up with almost like two boxes. So it's like two long and one wide and two long and one wide with one pallet in the middle. So you have two squares. And then what happens over time is that as you're composting, you have stuff for new and stuff for old, and we'll have to turn stuff over. But that will eventually give us the compost that we need. And then in the book, this moon garden book, he goes down and explains more composting. But you're going to end up with layers. You are going to add in grass clippings and you can add in, you know, like garden plants that have gone bad and you can add uh, leaves and more manure and all this fun stuff. Kitchen uh, vegetables or fruit scraps, right? All of that can go in there. I personally would tell you don't add anything that's dairy or animal products to your compost because that's going to attract more raccoons and who knows what else and it might turn rancid so i would not suggest any of that but they have they have instructions on how to build the composter which i'm excited about i'm hoping to build that on friday if there's no rain here and get that where it goes okay so we talked about the cardboard method right i feel like we already did where we lay the cardboard down and then from the cardboard i want to go back to the diagram for a second, and we'll talk about that. So you're laying the cardboard over the grass. Then on top of the cardboard, you're adding a layer of mulch. This is organic mulch, right? And you're mulching it four to six inches deep. And then you're covering that, if you have time, right? You're covering that with black um, tarps or black polyurethane plastic. Right, like lawn plastic, and you're putting a weight down on the plastic so it doesn't come up. And you need to leave that approximately four months. And I know that's a long time. And like for me this year, I don't have four months to cover up all that with plastic. So we're doing the cardboard, putting the plants in, covering it all with mulch and letting it decompose down. But when you remove the plastic after you do the four months, so if you were to do this earlier in the spring or if you're in the southern hemisphere if you do this now and then plant when your spring comes this would be perfect um for us in the midwest if you're going to plant a garden this is great to do to put these down like in january to be honest like put the cardboard down in january cover it with four to six inches of organic mulch cover it with the, the, the polyurethane black tarp plastic like the gardening plastic weight that down let it snow let it do whatever it does in the winter right january february and then when you uncover all of that, that is the time you would plant your seeds. And you could and it should be broken down. Like the mulch should be broken down. You should be able to plant right into that. And you can add a little bit of manure or other things that you want, but it will also then, because the cardboard had broken out from the moisture and the water for over the four months, you couldn't even leave it up to six months to be honest then you've got more nutrients in the soil, right? And that's how you do the preparation if you know that you want to put a garden in and you've got time to do this. But if you don't have time to do this, we can still lay the plastic, lay the mulch, add some gardening soil, good organic gardening soil, and then we can plant in the gardening soil or you can plant in the good compost if the compost is fine enough that you're using, okay? So those are some options there for getting that up and running. All right, let's talk about organic tea for your garden. I mean, how cool is that to have a tea party, uh, but actually a tea party for the garden and a little ceremony or a little ritual where during the new moon, not only are you having a tea, but you're feeding mother earth something to help her have more nutrients, more biodynamic organisms, more health, right? You're giving her what she needs. And so A lot of ways that they do this is they make a compost tea. They fill that up with the rainwater and then you allow that to sit for, depending on how long, for 12 hours. You allow it to sit for two days and then you strain it and you put it in your garden. So, um, some people are using, and there's ones for different reasons that they do this. So there's the compost tea where you take the compost out of your compost bin, you fill up the bucket with 50% water, 50% compost, you let that sit, and then you pour that water and you water your plants. You can even use that to water like potted plants, flowers, house plants, and that is a great one. The Another one is um, another garden tea, right? A tincture that you would make would be mixing comfrey with nettle leaves. This is very popular because in feeding organic gardens. The comfrey is particularly popular as it harvests a wide range of nutrients from the soil. And as it's also very high in nitrogen, which is good for certain plants. Okay, you could also use horsetail, bracken, clover, borage to make your organic teas. You're going to put the leaves in the bucket, then you're going to fill it again with your rainwater. You want to weight the leaves down with some rocks or a brick, or maybe even a crystal if you're a really heavy crystal and you want to infuse it with a little bit more energy. And then fill that again with your fresh rainwater. And you're going to leave this one covered until the comfrey and the nettle leaves begin to rot. So it might take a week, depending on where you're at. It might take several weeks, okay? You're just gonna have to monitor it. It's gonna depend on the conditions of nature. And it's gonna smell quite bad as it works through rotting, okay? There will be bubbles on the surface. I mean, like, it's gonna rot. And so don't put it too close to your back door. Don't put it at your front door unless you don't want any deliveries. Uh, leave it out, you know, in the backyard somewhere. Cover it up, and then when you're happy with it, strain it out. Mix that tea one part the bor- the comfrey and nettle tea to ten parts water, and then apply that as feed to the garden. Okay, and water that that way. So doing a one to ten, you might want to put it in a sprayer or a water can or even in a five gallon bucket, and then just pour it around. You can do a yarrow blossom one as well. That's going to add potassium and sulfur back to the ground. Chamomile blossoms, imagine that. I love taking a bath with chamomile flowers, but using chamomile flowers to do a biodynamic tea for your garden and the chamomile helps stabilize the nitrogen in the soil and stimulates the microorganisms and adds plant growth. The blossoms are stuffed Interesting. Oh my goodness. This is how they make it, but you can do it however you want. They stuff the chamomile blossoms in a small intestine of a cow and then twist those into little flower sausages and they bury them for the winter and then they harvest those up on Easter and that's how they infuse it. I personally will just do chamomile and water. Forget the intestines. Okay. We talked about nettle. Oak bark is another one a lot of people will use to help prevent disease. You want to make sure you're getting bark that doesn't have a fungus, though, so just make sure of that. Uh, Dandelion blossoms. There's so many dandelion flowers that are yellow, so pick all those yellow flowers. Take the dandelion blossoms, and you can use those as well as um, a tea. And then valerian blossoms are another one that you can apply that is high in phosphorus. So those are some different ideas that you can do to make your teas. Okay. Let's talk about moon gardening. I know I've been chatting for 30 minutes. If you have questions as we're doing this, guys, like send me a message, send me an email, uh, message me on Instagram at cultivating guts. We'll get you your answers. So in the month of April, 2022, the new moon is April 1st. Is that right? One moment let me verify for you. The new moon is April 1st, April Fool's Day. It'll be a fully new moon. (laughs) All right. So I have this. It is a moon calendar for gardening. It's a wheel. It spins and it is from, I feel like, does it even tell me? If you look up moon calendar wheel, everlasting moon calendar wheel, um, farmer's almanac, that's where I got it from with my farmer's almanac wall calendar. So I'm going to put the new moon on the 1st. That means that come April 2nd and 3rd, this is where you're going to want your paper if you're listening. Go ahead and write this down. April 2nd and 3rd, you want to prepare for a very fertile time. This is the rising vital- vitality. Uh, you can do odd jobs. You can get your soil ready to go. You could lay out your compost. You, could, you know, start adding your teas to the ground. And then starting April 4th, this is the most prolific time in April for sowing plants that are above ground. And all of your plants that don't care if it frost so your kale, your cabbage, all of those cold plants, your poppy seeds, they all need to go in. Peas, snow peas, sweet peas, cauliflower, cabbage, I already said, all of that stuff you need to be planting April 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, up till the 12th. So that gives you a good week, that's the first quarter moon of April, to be putting all those cold weather seeds. I've already divided my seeds into like plant in the house or in the greenhouse, plant cold weather, plant after frost. So plant after frost is, for me, late May. Okay, But April, these are the things you're putting in. Now, come April 13th and 14th, that would be middle of the week, a Wednesday and a Thursday. According to the moon calendar, those two days are the best days to apply liquid manure. So what does that mean? That means that you've taken cow manure or you've taken some other kind of manure and you've done the tincture and you've soaked it in water and now you're going to strain it out and you're going to apply that water to the garden. Okay. Now we're moving into the full moon, which is April 16th, I believe, based on the wheel, based on the calendar. That is correct. April 16th is where you want to be done planting. After the 16th, we are planting no more in April. We're waiting till February, or I'm moving backwards in the calendar. We're waiting till May to plant again. So we are done planting April 16th. We are moving into the wanning shrinking, right? Moon. So April 18th, 19th, 20th, you can Plant, if you do, some root crops. So you could put in a few carrot seeds, potatoes would be good to put in. And then you want to spray any soil amendments, any fungicides that you're using that are organic, any of those sprays you want to do, 18th, 19th, 20th, along with putting in your carrot, potato seeds, okay? Root crops. Because now the polarity has changed, the magnet of the moon has changed, and now with the, it's pulling. So put those root crops in. Starting April 21st, it is a barren period. Don't plant anything. Don't plant anything in your greenhouse. Don't plant anything in your garden. Don't even like do anything and change your house plants around. Just do not be planting. Okay. It is time to prune if you're doing any pruning for anything that is not already budded out. Now, that might be different depending on where you're living. It is a time for you to pull weeds. It's a time to put down cardboard, to build compost bins, to do any maintenance that you might need to do. Are you building, fencing, you're putting in a chicken coop, anything like that. And then we're going to be back to the new moon in May. It'll be that first part of May again. Okay? Okay. And then after the new moon in May, then you're going to watch for in May, when is the last frost date, and then start doing your seeding again. Hopefully, that will make sense and you got all that written down. I am super excited, like I said, to start to learn more about biodynamic gardening, to try to make some teas this year, to build out our homestead a little further, to get the chickens up and going. Uh, Greenhouse is getting built this Friday on our property. Um So, so much fun. Yesterday, I took the opportunity to clear away all the dead foliage um, of the garden, getting it ready to put in the cold-weather seeds next week. Uh, And we started spray painting, like, the little – Wooden signs that we repaint every year that are seed markers or plant markers, and then we'll write on them what we plant and put those back in. Frankie built a trellis all by herself. I asked her to spray paint it one color. It is three colors and looks like a 1980s uh, playground piece of equipment, but that's okay. I guess it's a bohemian garden this year. I was going to do all like teal blue and white and have blue flower pots with accents of yellow, but we'll see what happens. But right now, that trellis she Built all by herself, which I was so proud. She did it with her own Phillips screwdriver, and it is as tall as she is and three times as wide probably. Anyway, it's going to grow vining tomatoes on it. it would be fun. Uh, it's teal, yellow, and purple, so close. Purple's not really in my color scheme, but we'll get there. Uh, So all of that's going on, and today it's raining, so I think we're going to do a fun trip probably to Home Depot, pick up some more spray paint for the girls. They like spray painting. One of them actually said, Mom, I might be a graffiti artist. I didn't comment on that yesterday, and I told her not to paint our fence. (laughs) So fun things happening in the Hinton homestead, and you guys, thank you for tuning in. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share with me what your favorite part was and share when you try this biodynamic gardening or you try planting with the moon cycles. Ask me any questions. I'm here for you and I'm excited to see all your benefits this year from your backyard gardens. Satnam, I love you guys. So if you love this episode, remember to share it with your friends and send it to anyone who may love this inspiration and information that we shared. To get our newest book, our Ultimate Green Witch Gardening Planner, you, I want you to visit www.cultivatingguts.com. The planner is full of more than just calendar pages. It's full of companion, friend and foe, garden ideas. It's full of garden designs. It's full of places for you to track your garden purchases, your planting, your wish list of everything that you want to grow. It's got graph paper built in so you can map out your garden space and so much more. And I will let you know that if you register to come to our live workshop on April 30th, you will get a free planner as part of your Purchase of your ticket to attend the live workshop. So, super excited there. We are also very excited for you to utilize and learn from our online gardening classes from our webinars that we hosted in January and February. And so, you can visit and get those webinars for free and watch those free replays and sign up for any of our master classes or sign up for a, a chance for me to come out and help you plan your garden and do a garden consult. All of those are over at www.cultivatingguts.com as well. Everything you need to gardening and getting the stuff that you need to get going, growing your own food, helping you with your gut, and producing joy in your garden. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening.